The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. One of the scribes came to Jesus and asked him, Which is the first of all the commandments? Jesus replied, The first is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The scribe said to him, well said, teacher, you are right in saying he is one and there is no other than he. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is worth more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered with understanding, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And no one dared to ask him any more questions. The Gospel of the Lord. There are open pews like up here, like one, two, three, four back, one, two, three back. If if you guys want to sit down, you're welcome. If you want to stand, you can stand. It's okay. You can sit in the very front, too. It's awesome. <laughs> Nobody ever sits in that pew. And, and it's just a real, it's a, it's a true joy to see so many people in Mass this morning. And um, I almost, like, forget what I'm supposed to preach on because I'm just like, there's lots of people here. <laughs> so in the, in the first reading from the book of Deuteronomy, um, there's this prayer that's called the Shema prayer, and, and it's a prayer that, that for very traditional Orthodox Jews, like the rabbis, would, would wear it on a phylactery. Like a phylactery was something they wore on their head and it had a box on it and, it, and it had these words inside of a scroll that was inside of this box. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Therefore, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your strength. And, and so when they went to pray, they would actually like put that on their head, right? Because, because it was like an outward sign that that's supposed to be what's in my mind all the time. And, and as, as I was listening to it being read this morning at the 8.30 Mass, what, what struck me was like it's, it's, it really is this kind of like prayer of surrender. And... And it's a prayer that's given to the people, you know, after a, a long period of kind of like being in covenant with our Lord and breaking the covenant with our Lord and kind of going back and, and forth in their own journey and, and maybe worshiping false gods for a while or, and then coming back or, or relying on their own talents or their own gifts for a while and then coming back. And it's almost as if to say, okay, I'm done with everything else. The Lord is going to be my God from now on. Like, that's it. 
Like the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And, and it's a reminder that, that we all have to have those moments. It, like I can almost call it like a rock bottom kind of a prayer. You know, when I, when I realize like my own talent isn't enough or I'm not going to wait around for a political leader to save me or I'm not going to wait around for a church leader to save me or I'm, I'm going to stop trying to solve all my problems by eating chocolate. Um, I'm going to stop trying to solve all my problems by like whatever it is under my own power. And I'm just going to let God be God. And, and it reminded me, you know, of something that came up on my retreat this year where when I was, when I was before I went to the seminary, um, you know, I have this kind of conversion story. And, and sometimes I wish I had a conversion story where I was just like a huge sinner and then Jesus came into my life and it changed everything and then whoosh, everything was good. But that's not exactly my story. My story is sort of like I had this conversion and I was like really like faithful, holy kid in high school. And, and then some things happened during college. And then I ran away from our Lord really <laughs> vehemently at the end of college and in my time in the military. And, and I remember this time where I, w- I was very cognizant of the fact that I was moving away from our Lord. And, and I was kind of felt like I was falling down this pit. And it, it's like being aware you're in a downward spiral. And... Uh, and I, and I can remember having this thought, like, like I feel like I'm, I'm falling down into this pit. And I, don't, I know I don't want to stay there. I just want to stay there for now, because like, that's really smart, right? And, um, and, then, and then, you know, eventually I'll, I'll crawl my way out of that pit. And then I'll know my way out of the pit. And then I'll be able to help other people get out of the pit. Like, that was kind of my logic, because I was 22 years old and immature. And, and, um, and this thought came to me on my retreat this year. And, and sometimes our Lord brings things up that need to be healed. And, and, um, and when it came up on retreat, I was just like, oh, my gosh, I forgot about that. I totally forget. That was 25 years ago. And, and I just had to kind of pray this prayer of repentance that sounded like this. Like, Jesus, do you remember when I said, like, I was going to crawl out of that pit by myself? Like, I'm, I'm going to stop doing that. I'm just, will you just, like, help me out of there? Like, I just need you to help me out. Because, like, this isn't going to work on my own. Like, I can't do this on my own. But, like, I'll just let you save me now. <laughs> and, and it was like... Whoosh. And, it, and it really was this kind of moment of surrender. And, and I think a couple of things happened there. Like, one was that we have to renounce, like bad oaths and promises that we make in the past, you know, like when we we're a kid and we say like, I promise I will never do this as long as this happens. And, and those are always dangerous ground to be in, you know, like Jesus, if Jesus, I'll never wake up, you know, I'll never hit the snooze alarm again. If you just help me get an A on my science test, like whatever we, those things that we say, and we should just renounce those things. But, but also that, that we all have to make a decision that I'm going to stop trying to save myself. I'm going to stop trying to save myself. I'm going to stop trying to save myself by my own intellect, by my own power. And I'm just going to let God be God. And that's what this Shema prayer is. It's, it's a prayer that says, okay, I'm done with the world. I'm done with trying things on my own. I'm just going to let God be God. And we turn to him 
And we ask him to do for us the things that we can't do for ourselves. And we ask him to supply all of the things that we need in our life that, that we haven't gotten and to heal whatever needs to be wounded. In the letter to the Hebrews, St. Paul reminds us that Jesus has a priesthood that will not pass away, that he's not like the priests of the old covenant that would have to go and offer sacrifice day after day in the temple or week after week in the temple. But he's not like them. Because under the old covenant, people would have to wait around for the year of atonement. I'm going to put bumper, like, pads underneath the pews. He would have to wait around for, like, the Day of Atonement in order to offer sacrifice for their sins. And, and really what St. Paul's saying is that you can always start over again because Jesus' priesthood is eternal. And that one sacrifice that he made for all, that one sacrifice is always available to you. And, and it's never too late to start over. And we can always start over. And we can always go to him and ask him to transform what still needs to be transformed in our hearts. And that's what he desires for us. It's what he desires for us. He desires to make all things new. And, and until we're at a place where we are like canonizable saints and we're already holy, there's always something to be made new. There's always something left to be made new. And when we're willing to step into that place, it's then that we find that kind of joy and that peace that lasts even when the world around us might be crazy. And when we allow our own heart to be transformed, it's then that we start to love others the way that we love ourselves because there's an order to things. And the first step in that order is our own transformation. This last couple of days, I was in Boston speaking to seminarians there, and, and the message I always give to them over and over and over again is your own conversion has to be first. Your own conversion has to be first. And if you will let our Lord change what he wants to change in your heart and transform your own heart, then you'll love your neighbor as you do yourself. Then you'll love your neighbor as you do yourself. And God's love will come into you and transform you and then overflow into your relationships with others. And whenever we aren't treating others well, whenever we're being maybe jealous or we're being spiteful or we have resentments or or we're falling into comparison. And whenever that's happening, it's just an indicator that there's something in our own heart that needs to be transformed. There's some place that we're not loving the Lord with all our heart or, or allowing our Lord, allowing our Lord to love all of our heart. And so today, dear brothers and sisters, let us pray For that kind of zeal and attention over our own hearts, that, that our own conversion will always be our first priority. That we detach from worldly things or worldly solutions or self-solutions. And that we learn to let our Lord be the Lord of everything. And as we are transformed, that we then will love our neighbors as we do ourselves, glorifying God and giving witness 
to his grace, his love, his mercy, his power to everyone we encounter.